Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back in Better Than Ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We are jam-packed today. We're still looking backwards on the conference championship games. We've got two eyes set squarely on the Super Bowl ahead and a whole lot more. Jeff and Nico here. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Ladies and gentlemen, with all due respect, it was a joke job. Lamar Jackson is not the same in the postseason as he is in the regular season. He is worse. When we start assigning blame for why the Ravens lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar is going to have the biggest slice of the pie. All right, so so much of the conversation is always going to be about the quarterback. The good news, it's always the quarterback. The bad news, it's always the quarterback. (laughs) Well, Lamar Jackson is different. And this is a show where we can have this conversation. So is Dominique Foxworth and Jeff Saturday good enough to hang out here? Other guys that I've become very close friends with off the air, and I think these are conversations that we can have on the air as well. And we tiptoed up to this a little bit on Get Up this morning, but Get Up isn't the right place for this kind of conversation. Get Up is a place to have quick conversations. Get Up is a show whose whose main uh, mission is to make people laugh and smile. Absolutely. And, you know, no one wants to put the TV on first thing in the morning and, and be thinking about really deep, heavy subjects. This is a place where we can get a little more deeply into it. So when we talk about Josh Allen coming up short against the Chiefs in a home game that he could have slash should have won, it's one conversation. Right. And when we talk about Lamar Jackson doing the same thing, it is a different conversation. It just is. For any number of reasons... Again, you could suggest a reason for it, and you'd be right. Is it this? Yes. Is it this? Yes. Is it this? Yes. So, Dominique and Jeff, again, you're exactly the right people to have this conversation with. Nick, what is the right way to put into context what happened with Lamar Jackson last week or on Sunday in in the bigger picture of his career and his place in the whole thing? There are questions around Lamar Jackson that haven't gone away, and will not go away unless he makes them go away by winning a championship. There are uh, things about the way that Lamar Jackson looks and speaks and plays that makes him uh, the target for a lot or a different type of sports criticism than other quarterbacks. And I came on after Josh Allen lost, and I was defending Josh Allen like most of us were, saying, yeah, it's not all on him, but he's going to take the blame. But the thing that I've recognized about Lamar Jackson, and I think a lot of people, if we're being honest, recognize this, is that there is a different way he's treated, and it does feel like sometimes, and I'll also freely admit that I'm hypersensitive to it because I heard it from before Lamar Jackson was even a college player. We heard it about a lot of other black quarterbacks. We finally gotten to the point where I think that just the fact that a quarterback is black is not going to cost them. But now we have Lamar Jackson, who's a different type of quarterback, and we recognize those same tropes and those, uh, uh, that same bias coming up. And so I think that Lamar Jackson, all we, at, or all we expect is that Lamar Jackson received the same criticism and the same praise uh, that is warranted from his play as everyone else, and it does often feel like, and as I said, I'm free, I, I'm willing to admit that I'm hypersensitive to it, but it feels like there are lots of people who are waiting for any reason to say, see, 
He can't do it. Whereas after Josh Allen lost, we all were like, all right, but Josh Allen's going to win a Super Bowl at some point. The question of whether Lamar Jackson is the type of player or just can't be clutch. And I know Josh Allen was great in the playoffs more times than Lamar Jackson was. Like, I recognize all of those things are true, but I also recognize that race is a factor in everything we do in this world. We can choose to admit it. We can choose to pretend like it's not a factor or we can confront it head on. And I think it's more interesting to confront it head on. Yeah, and listen, I think when you talk about Lamar Jackson and from the beginning of his career, it was he should play a different position, right? He should be a receiver. He should be a running back. He's an athlete. He's all of these type of things. I think the conversation on Lamar Jackson has been, and I thought thought you brought this up today on Get Up, is probably your best point. He's not the risk-taking quarterback that everybody believes he is. Like when you have the conversation about game changers and game managers that that Cam Newton started and everybody kind of lost their mind about – is he's actually much more of a manager than people think he is. He's conservative. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way. He doesn't do these things. People think he's out there just running. It's scrambling quarterback. When they are calling runs, he's very involved in the run game and using his legs. When he's a passer, he wants to stay a passer, and he has been like that since yeah. you said since Louisville, right? So, so this is not something new for Lamar Jackson. I think the issue for for the conversation of where they are with Josh Allen is it. it Everybody, you know, he's the MVP of this year. And, I, and you heard me. I did not think he was the MVP of this right. season. Lamar, you're talking Lamar about. Not Jackson. Josh Allen, to I, be I, I yeah. never thought he was the MVP, right? I thought he was, on the, he was a quarterback on the best team in the NFL. Bottom line. And he's getting credit for things with 20-plus with touchdowns or right at 20 touchdowns. I, I just didn't believe he was the best player in the NFL. But when you start crowning guys and start saying he's going to be a two-time, you know, uh, MVP player, and, and I live this now. I live this with Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning got freaking destroyed. And he's very similar. He didn't play well mm-hmm. in playoff games, right? Like, it, it, he didn't elevate his game in the playoffs as people expected him to do, which we're expecting Lamar Jackson to do. So is there a, is there a race conversation to be had? Sure, if we're talking about people who still don't think Lamar Jackson should be a quarterback and they're boneheads, okay? But as we're talking about comparing guys' careers – he is going to be in the same vein, and I'm going to have the same critique for him that everybody did for Peyton Manning and other players. Josh Allen has played well in the playoffs. And so for him to take the same brunt, the Lamar Jackson conversation, though, to me, should have been a much bigger conversation about how they played the game. They set him up to fail. And I'm not saying intentionally set him up. As a team, they set themselves up to fail because of the style of game they tried to play. And that's embarrassing because you had a run-dominant football team, a great defense, and you did nothing to help Lamar Jackson. You basically said, we're going to drop back. And even in their even in their uh, blitz pickups, everything was deep, right? Yeah. Everything with these concepts that they didn't change when they played the week before. I was very disappointed, but I, I, I think... Lamar didn't play well, which makes it hard to defend right. how he put because he yeah. he sucked it up. Yeah, he didn't do good, right? He the, didn't elevate anybody. He's been so great, and this is what happens: is when you're really great, the expectations for you change. We move the right. bar for all quarterbacks. Absolutely. And once you start getting a couple MVPs, then we're like, all right, you're now in a different conversation. That's right. And he's at the bottom of that conversation. That conversation includes people who have won Super Bowls and. The quarterbacks that are the NFL now that right now that are in that conversation is like Stafford and Mahomes. Right. And Stafford's not in this conversation because he's older. But now that's who you're competing against. So that's right. who we're going to compare you to. And it's fair to be critical of him when he's not making those steps right in that um, 
in that uh, conversation when he's not making those type, not making those big plays. And this opportunity was a bad one. And you're right. There's a lot of people to blame. There are a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, and a lot of issues. But also, Lamar Jackson struggled with his he accuracy did. in this he game. Did. He struggled uh, again with your, your point that you brought up about him staying in the pocket and not pulling the trigger on passes. Like, you either run or let it rip. That's right. You can't hang back there. But the scary thing is – he also hung back there and spun out of a sack and created their only big play touchdown. So the good and the bad uh, comes with Lamar Jackson, exactly. as, as with every other quarterback. And the first thing we saw was hesitant play. And, and that's the part that bothers me, right, from the Lamar Jackson conversation is that it was hesitant, right? If you're going to run that type of offense where you're going to push the ball down the field, even against a blitz, the quarterback's got to be willing to pull it down and run it because the zones are going to be so deep, right? He didn't do any of that. And to your point, he waited on things to come open instead of throwing. So the timing, nothing looked good. And it felt like, like never in that game did I think that Kansas City was in jeopardy of losing that game. The disappointing part is – as electric as he is with the ball in his hands, at some point the coach has got to get in your ear and go pull it down and go make plays with your legs, right? We're going to run the ball. We're going to set this thing. We're going to do this thing differently because you could tell he was frustrated. He reminded me of CeeDee Lamb in that first uh, – in the Dallas loss. He's coming off the field, man. He's pissed off. He's slamming his helmet down. You could see that he wasn't comfortable. It is a coach's job to find the comfort of your best players. They never, they never threw him a lifeline to get his game back on. I get it. And all this is interesting – but it isn't the topic because what we're not really – what I don't want to talk about is how he played. I want to talk about people's reaction to it because that's yeah. what I think is unique and where you. we can set ourselves apart from all that. So here's my question because all of us, look, we all live in our own worlds. I mean, we live in the same world, but we also yeah. kind of all operate within the universes in which we operate. Any person who was, who was saying Lamar Jackson shouldn't be a quarterback, yeah, that's, I can't really imagine there's a human being left on earth who's saying that. Yeah. The debate is whether he's great or merely good, right? I mean, right. I, I guess right. that's what we're yeah. really talking about. How much, uh, I guess what I'm asking is, to what degree do we think that perception is influenced by the other factors you're talking about in ways that it isn't for Josh Allen and uh, Joe Burrow? Yeah, it's, it's impossible to, to tell. And to your point, we all live in our own little uh, ecosystems to some degree and the information that we take in, and we all are sensitive to different information. I can't argue with you about Josh Allen's playoff performances versus Lamar Jackson's playoff performances. But I can tell you that the reaction to Lamar Jackson is always very different. And we've we've pr- progress as a country as far as black quarterbacks are considered. Now it's not a demerit just because you are black. And I think yeah. that Lamar Jackson is also a unique type of black quarterback. He does yeah. not. He doesn't sound like other black quarterbacks. He doesn't look like other black quarterbacks. And I've, I'm willing to admit that. I'm extra sensitive to this, and I feel like it's partly my responsibility as a black person in media to make sure that this stuff is not happening because this is not the media I grew up in. I grew up watching sports in the 90s where it's all white guys in suits and ties um, um, telling us the opinion that we're all supposed to have, and then we all start to believe it and regurgitate it. So it's fair to be critical of Lamar Jackson's performance. The next step beyond that is the part that makes me nervous, and it's hard to push back against because his performances haven't been great, but... Like yeah. I mentioned, I'm extra sensitive. But what to is that part? That's what I'm trying to get to. The, 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 the that's crux what, of what I'm trying to get to is what? Yeah, what so is let it? me jump on there. This, these are the things that are said about, about Lamar Jackson that are unfair. He's not a good leader, 
right? Like I've yeah. heard people say, talk about leadership, dude. You talk about a guy who has done it right in a locker room. The guy didn't fight for it. He let the team put him on the trading block and he never, he, he didn't lose his mind. He stays within the course. He is an insanely good leader, right? Like, so when people start talking about, oh, he, he's, he's this and he's that and they frame it that way, that's the way I feel like they're trying to take shots that he's not the same type of leader that a Peyton Manning would be or a Tom Brady would be or, well, let's take Brady out because he and Mahomes are in a different category with Super Bowls, but other good quarterbacks who have been successful but may not have met that that Super Bowl level yet. He's the same leader as Josh Allen, right? When Josh Allen is dealing with the dig situation, he's got to stand up and take those. Lamar Jackson does the same thing, right? And so from from that perspective, I think that's where you have to frame this is, him as well. This is the question that I hear that I think um, triggers me is, can you win that way? That's a question that I hear. The leadership one, too, is where yeah. can you win this way? Of course, can you win a championship this way? It reminds me somewhat of like the Steph Curry conversation. You can't win with a jump shooting team. Obviously, you can win this way. And I think Lamar and this team can win with this way. And I also think that Lamar's way of winning isn't that isn't that different it's from the not. way that other people win? That's right. fact. And that's the thing that, that I think that's the thing that catches me off guard is we start to frame it like it's so weird and different. And the only thing that's super unique about Lamar is the thing like I guess he, I want to ask what way? Like who's framing it in a different way than the obvious? His his, his if, candidly, if he played on Sunday more like Brock Purdy played on yeah. Sunday, so that's exactly. the opposite of what we mean by his exactly. way. That's so right. what what does that mean? No, what does I think this that's, way that's the, mean? I think that's the point that that irritates me is the way that he does it is not all that unique. But that's we what get, I mean. We get it framed as if it is, and when and I. The, and but again, by whom? That's what I mean. Who's yeah, framing it differently? The general conversation in sports media, and I, I think that it's. Um, I don't have like a list of all the questions that, that I hear asked right. on um, TV shows and written on the internet, but this is a question that comes up. I'm sure I, it wouldn't take me long to find some article saying, can the Ravens win with this style of ball when I recognize that Lamar Jackson, at least in this game, the style of ball is similar to the rest of what we see. And so I think the feeling coming out, and this is the point, the feeling coming out of the Josh Allen game is, man, Josh Allen's really good. He's going to get there eventually. And there's a feeling at least, and again, I could be hypersensitive, maybe I'm wrong, but there is at least some segment of sports fans and sports media that come out of the Ravens games like, man, I don't know if we can win with Lamar the way that he plays. And I'm like, eh, I get it. He's not super accurate. I'll be the first to admit sure. it. But yeah, he's a two-time MVP. Right. You, can win, you can win with him. You can say that he played poorly without calling to question if it was a right decision to sign him to a long contract. Yeah. Or and the same window a, that you have for Josh Allen, you got to have for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. It's the same window, right? You have, you have a, that position is solidified that you can go win with that. I, I will say the accuracy issue for Lamar Jackson is always that, – that's going to be the issue, yeah. right? But as far as when people talk – with a fr- I think the part of the conversation around uh, Lamar Jackson is people think he's this guy that tucks the ball and yeah. goes and runs and does and that's not the facts like that I, th- I thought that was the best point that you brought up is if you look at the way he's actually a very conservative uh pocket passer when it comes to throwing he like a lot less risky than Brock Purdy right like like Brock Purdy people talk about him being a manager and I thought Fox he ain't no manager bro he will rip that thing around and he will put it in harm's way he throws tight window passes all of those things so just be real about what the concept is he's not that they run they run a style of offense that allows the quarterback to actually run the ball that's different but from a quarterback position they are not that off or different than a lot of teams in the NFL yeah I I find it so fascinating because I'm and and I would love to have more time to do this and maybe we can set aside more time to do it sometime there is a different feeling 
but I can't verbalize it. I don't know. I don't know how to say what it is. I don't even know how to ask what it is I'm trying to ask. Why is it different yeah. with him? Which it obviously is. Like it feels to me like we're living in the world right now where Mahomes is the guy. Sure. And he's got three heirs, if you will, right? He's got he's got Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, and Patrick Ewing. However, right. you want to look at it, you know. At the, the, the same time, none of them got to win because Michael Jordan was there, and one of them is Burrow, and one of them is Allen, one of them is Lamar. I view them so all sort of interchangeably in right. that regard. They're the next three best quarterbacks. Some like one, some like the other. But are any of those three guys? I mean, the one thing that Bur- Burrow did actually beat him. Burrow went into his building and beat him Mahomes in a playoff, playoff game, game, beat Mahomes. Yes. And, and so that's why I guess you put him ahead. Lamar Jackson has two MVPs. Burrow and Allen have none. Right. I'm, I am aware, Nick, is what I'm trying to say, right. that that's not the conversation right. that most people are having, and I don't know how to have it. I want this to be the place we can have it, but I don't know exactly how to have it. Yeah, and I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's a... a there's some things that are hard to describe, but there is a feeling that the conversation is always different around certain players. And I, I've said it multiple times. It could be just my sensitivity, but it's not just my sensitivity because you recognize it also. It's you impossible to miss. It's to, a, there's no way to, to miss it. Can't seem to verbalize it. But, yeah, that's the problem is that what comes in – and I think this is it. This is something that, like, all the black men in my life, the older black men in my life have told me from the time that I was young is that you represent all of us, which sucks. It's like you can't go to a job and act a fool because then that's going to hurt the next person that goes along. It's an unfair expectation. It's an unfair responsibility. And that is being able to shape the conversation in sports is something that uh, no one's had other than white men until recently. So I think that's also part of the responsibility that we feel like we have is when we see this happening, we need to nip it in the bud before it gets out of control because the conversation about Lamar Jackson is inevitably going to get to him representing a lot more than just himself. Yeah. And that's like we get to the point where people start uh, being hesitant. And this is a real thing. When I was getting ready for the draft, a bunch of my teammates cut their hair. They were like, the general managers want to see you look like you're like you can conform or whatever. They cut their hair. And it's like absurd. These are things that are it sounds ridiculous and sounds like a small thing, but it's not. There are hurdles and obstacles that you have to face that uh, – other people don't have the face. And I think that that's what we're fighting against or that's what we're aware of and that's what you feel that's different. That's what I definitely feel is different. And I don't think that it's like some out-of-control, rampant, like hate campaign against Lamar Jackson, but I'm not going to let it get there. And that's the conversation that we come to immediately is like these questions about the style and it's like um it's dog whistly where it's like you don't actually because the style's not that unique right you don't right. actually want to say what you're saying and maybe the people don't know why they're feeling this way but there's something in them that's telling them that there's something different about this guy no he was managing the game and he was throwing bad balls let's just say that right let's not call the question everything else that he represents and the next guy who comes up in the draft shouldn't go number 32 because he plays like lamar jackson and you're scared to try a player who sounds and looks a little different all right, I have to go to a break. I'm already super late, but I think it was worth having. I hope that this is a place that we can have conversations like this, whether we can figure out exactly how to frame them or not. You guys yeah. are the best. We'll do it again tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, Nick and Jeff will take a break. The Hashtag Crew is ready next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. Mahomes is the best. Can't make him the greatest yet for the same reason that you can't make Sandy Koufax the greatest pitcher that ever lived. Because one of the ways that that gets judged is longevity. And it's why Brady is where he is. But... He's the best. Yesterday, Patrick Mahomes made like three birdies, 15 pars, and no bogeys. He never makes bogey. This is Greeny. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All the music today will be Phil Collins, because today is his birthday. We are back with the hashtag crew. So much to say today. So much to get to, and we will in 30 seconds after this from Vivid Seats. Catch all your favorite sports live with Vivid Seats, even the big game. Vivid Seats has given away two free tickets to the big game now through February 4th. Enter to win today by downloading the Vivid Seats app or visit gamecenter.vividseats.com slash TNC. For details, experience the biggest event in sports live from Las Vegas. Thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. The Scoop. Hashtag crew is here. Hembo Bubba Cam. Hembo, here's a scoop that was just put into my doc. CBS announced that the AFC Championship game, Chiefs-Ravens on Sunday, was the most watched AFC Championship game ever, averaging 55.5 million viewers surpassing a record that had been held by Jet Steelers, believe it or not, back in, in January of 2011. I won't make this Jet-centric. It is just another illustration of how, at a time when everything is fragmented and every certainly in the television industry, everything is about options, and ev- nothing has ever been more powerful or popular than football is in our culture right now. 55 million people watch that game. Yes, and if you're equating or comparing any other sport to anything football is doing on TV, you're just missing the forest or the trees because, uh, spoiler alert, uh, the other sports are doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Like They're continuing to make money, to continue to grow. Like They're doing all the right stuff. But football continues its meteoric rise, and I think that game we saw in the AFC Championship game, and then you combine that with the rating that we're going to see with the Super Bowl, is going to be about as compelling, about as good to an end of the season that the NFL has ever had. Someone was asking me, do I think, like, what's the best? It might have been Stace. I forget who asked me this. But on Sunday, before the games were played, like, what's the matchup you want? What do you want to see? And what I do for a living and the network viewership of the Super Bowl are two totally different things. So I have a, a vested interest in what's going to give me the two best weeks, right? So I view it differently. 
The reason I bring this up is to say, for the purposes of the Super Bowl itself, do you think the teams in it make any difference to how many people watch? Uh, yes, at least a little bit. I do think that a few fewer people would have watched the Ravens than would watch the Chiefs. Do you not? I don't know. Are those Taylor Swift people? Primarily. I mean, I, I, I don't even, I ask that not even jokingly. Like, I'm trying to think of what people might not otherwise be inclined to watch the Super Bowl. And it might be people who are fans, a lot of them, there might be a Venn diagram where a lot of them are fans of Taylor Swift and don't care at all about football, but will watch. See, the thing about football I've always said, about the Super Bowl, not about football, but about the Super Bowl is it has three separate groups of people who are watching with interest. So you've got all the football fans, which is, as we've just already said, an enormous number of people. You've got, like, my wife, even if she wasn't married to a sports announcer, would watch because she was in the marketing and advertising business forever, and she's fascinated by the commercials. She wants to see the commercials. She wants to see all that. The commercials have become a part of the show, and now they have brilliantly brilliantly interjected the halftime show where you have enormous star musical acts. This year is Usher, who's one of the most popular artists, musical artists of the, of, of the last generation. So tons of people will tune in because they're interested in seeing that. So they've got you coming and going practically no matter who you are, which is why I say, does Patrick Mahomes matter? Does Travis Kelsey matter? Does uh, Christian McCaffrey matter? I don't know if they matter. I think who plays in the game does make a marginal difference to the, to the super casual fan, but it's still going to be the highest rated thing of the year by a long shot. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That, that for sure. But I mean, does it even make the difference between this is the highest rated Super Bowl ever or not? Like, I think that the circumstances surrounding it dictate that more than who's playing in Maybe the game. Maybe so, but like the two weeks that lead up to the Super Bowl, like a lot of the non-sports shows, the GMAs, the morning shows of the world, like they're hyping this thing up. And if, they, if you have Donna Kelsey on or fill-in-the-blank pe- person that people care about, I do think that makes at least a little bit of a difference to the people that like sports that are not like us. Bubba, is there anyone in your life who you know right now, you can just sit here and say, will not watch the Super Bowl a week from Sunday? Well, it, potentially... Our, my friend Adam, who we talked about, who has the birthday. This guy. He's, he's What do you mean, has a birthday? No, the birthday party we talked Every about. Every human being on planet Earth has a birthday. No, if it birth, were up to you, the they birthday wouldn't. Um, he's, he's currently out on football, doesn't watch football anymore. So he, For what reason? I'm not even really sure. I don't know. I don't like this guy. He used to be a Giants fan. He doesn't watch football anymore. Um, he, he went to the the Super Bowl party we had last year, but I believe two years ago he did not watch it and just sat and didn't watch it. So, so that's one person. So I, so I mean, the point is I know that someone. might not watch it. Yeah, I do, I do know someone, though. But that's the only person. So my point is you can't just immediately off the top of your head say, oh, yeah, I know someone who will not watch the Well, game. I mean, pretty quickly I got someone. Cam, do you? <laughs> do you know anyone who will not watch the Super Bowl? I'm sure I do, but none that I can think of off the top of my head, and none that I know for sure, oh, they're not watching for this reason, they'll be doing this or anything like that. Right. I've already told you, I had one person in my life, my, my assistant Erica, who did not even know, I think I told you this she story. She scheduled the meeting. Right? Two, two weeks ago on Super Bowl, excuse me, two years ago, not, not the past Super Bowl, but the one before, we had NBA that day. So she's in the office with me. You know, we have, we'll have NBA this year, too. There's an early NBA game on ABC on Super Bowl Sunday. And so I had that game, and then I was, you know, we're going to go home, and I'm talking to Erica. And I said to her, what are you doing later? And she said, well, I have a Zoom 
at six o'clock. She's she's involved in a million <laughs> charitable organizations. She's always got meetings. So I said, you have a Zoom tonight six at o'clock. six o'clock? She said, yes. I said, during the Super Bowl? And she said, oh, is that today? And, and that was the most amazing sentence, the most amazing question I've ever been asked. Is that today? The fact that she somehow managed to live life on planet Earth and on Super Bowl Sunday morning did not know the game was going to be played later that day. So she is the one person in my life I know will not watch. Yeah, it's underscored. Actually, I take it back. She has a boyfriend now who will watch it. So she actually probably will watch the game. Really nice Greek guy, right? He is Greek. Mm. Yeah. Good guys. What's bizarre about her situation is that her proximity to you Mm -hmm. should make that almost impossible. What do you guys talk about? Yeah. Well, she and I don't talk about that. But, But yes, you would think she's here at ESPN, that some of it by osmosis would have bled into her. And yet somehow she didn't know. And even so, she's... She's the, you know, the rule, not the exception. There are going to be more people that don't watch the Super Bowl than do. No, I don't buy that. There's I a don't chance, believe it There's at a chance all. that my uncle might not watch it. So I might know two people. What's actually. the matter with your uncle? He's, he's uh, more of a college uh, football fan. He, he also... Uh, but, I mean, do you have to be a, a, a fan of football? Like, I get it. 55 million people watched the game this past Sunday, and far more than twice that will watch it because, to, you, to your point... People are having a Super Bowl party. People are do even if you're not that interested in the game, you just go. Like when sure. my kids were growing up, when they got old enough to do this sort of thing, like one of them would always have a Super Bowl party at their house, and all the other kids would go. And whether they, every one of them, would have been excited about the Super Bowl or not, you just go because it's a thing that's happening. It is more a thing that's what. Let, let's say besides, I don't mean this is not going to turn into a political conversation. Besides a presidential election, Mm -hmm. besides election day in a presidential year, because I think this even surpasses the, you know, the, the, the other every other year election where we're reelecting an entirely new House of Representatives. I think more people are involved in watching and paying attention to the Super Bowl than even that. The only thing that surpasses that on any day is once every four years. And I actually need Bubba's culinary expertise to help me because we're hosting this year we're hosting the super bowl this year and what my mother-in-law um what does that mean we're having we're we're having people over to our house to watch this no i know the definition of hosting i meant like who are we talking about we're talking about um my wife's family primarily so how many people there'll probably be a dozen of us oh you didn't invite keith keith costas is is invited but it's tbd whether or not he comes okay the point is we're we always do our she demands that we do like food-based themes from the cities that are playing in the game, which I think is mm. cute. Oh, I like We've eaten a lot of barbecue lately, and you, you, which you think is cute because your wife suggested it. Of course. To be very clear, would I come up with that on my own? No. My point is, if I suggested it, would you tell me that was cute? I would not. That's my point. I would use a different word. Some some things are cute. Cute is in the eye of the beholder, and in this case, you are beholding someone cute saying something that in and of itself is not necessarily cute. Yes, the message, it depends who the messenger is. So I mean, cute or not, that's a great idea. Are you serving yeah, I like, like it. sourdough bread? So that's my question, is I yeah. don't really know anything about San Francisco, so I need your help with well, that. Well, sourdough is the big thing there. You, if, if you're willing to splurge on this, because uh-huh. I don't think this isn't, I do not think this is something you're going to, well, I guess we probably could make it. So the, the big thing when you go there is you get the, you, you like chowder, right? Uh, yeah, you like a seafood chowder? Mm-hmm. Um, they serve it in a bread bowl, like in the sourdough bread. San Francisco is where sourdough bread was invented. Or if, 
I don't know for sure that it was invented there, but that's it's very synonymous with San Francisco. Okay. And a very popular thing to get there is you get like that that the new you probably I don't think it's called New England clam chowder there because you're not in New England. It's just like a seafood chowder, like a white creamy chowder, and they put it inside. They serve it inside like a, a big loaf of sourdough bread. I see. You could serve that. It apparently, I mean, this their sourdough legend dates to 1849. So this right. is their thing. Yeah, is what you're telling. I me. believe it is. So sourdough bread bowls with some kind of West Coast chowder. With a chowder, it's it's like a seafood chowder. Is that going to mix well with my Kansas City barbecue though? Well, I mean, mix well is a relative term. I mean, you're trying to. Are you looking for at wine pairings? I mean, what is what is your concern? <laughs> what what is your concern over the mixing? It just feels like two separate. Things they don't even feel like you're at the they mercy are. of the cities here. But that's my true. point. That's Kansas true. City and San Francisco are very different places. Yeah. Have you been to San Francisco? Only once for the Super Bowl. Okay. So, but, but the point is, you've been to San Francisco. Yeah. At any point looking around, did you think I might very well be in Kansas City right now? I never thought that. No, no one has ever thought that, and no one has ever thought that. And if you've been in Kansas City, you never thought to yourself, "Well, you know, there's a very good chance I'm in San Francisco." These are very different places, very different fans, very different tailgates. Have you ever been to a 49er game? No. The tailgates at 49er games are freaking epic. Now, Kansas City, legendary, the barbecue. It, to me, the best smelling barbecue. I've excuse me, tailgate I've ever been to is Lambeau Field. You smell the brats before you get off the highway. You are still, you are, you are, you're not even close. Nothing to me makes my mouth water more than the tailgate in Green Bay. Kansas City is close. That barbecue smells unbelievably good. San Francisco, you go to a San Francisco game, they literally are serving lobster, like actual lobster and Caesar salad and wine pairings. So you laughed a, about it yeah. in the parking lot at these it's, games. It's a, it's a, it's a more uh, white-collar tailgate. I don't know if it is that way now. I've never been to the new stadium in Santa Clara, so I have no idea if it's a different fan base that's going to that. But back in the day when you'd be at Candlesticks, so you're right in the city, yeah. oh, it was great. That was a great place to go to cover football games and to see football games. Sourdough bread bowls. Sourdough bread bowls and Kansas City barbecue, and you are all set. Okay, sneaky. Let's go. Including the playoffs. So I'm counting the regular season plus the playoffs here. Uh, Which quarterback threw for the most yards in a Super Bowl winning season? Most yards in a Super Bowl winning season. Answer next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com. The music in honor of Phil Collins' birthday. The question... Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Hembo, go. Including the playoffs, which quarterback threw for the most yards in a Super Bowl winning season? Okay, so we've got guesses in from around the room here. Bubba, we'll start with, I have mine written down. We'll start with you. 
Um, I am going to go with Drew Brees. Drew Brees, the one season that they did win the Super Bowl, which I believe was the 2009 season into 2010. So there's one vote for Brees. Cam? Yeah, I was thinking Breeze, I was thinking Peyton, I was, you know, all the all the main guesses. And then I was thinking Kurt Warner, but he was a guess, an answer a few guesses ago. So I don't think Hembo would double up that quickly. And then I remember there was a year in 2011 where a lot of guys threw for around 5,000 yards. I think this guy was one of them and played four playoff games. Yesterday, Peyton Manning. Today, Eli Manning. Oh, Okay, that's not the direction I thought you were about to go there. So I'll go in the one I was going to go. I thought of Kurt Warner and gave that some serious consideration because the the year he won it was the greatest show on turf. The the best years that Brady and Manning each had, they didn't win. Brady's biggest year was 2007 when they were 18-0 and didn't win. Peyton's biggest year was that year in Denver where they wound up getting shellacked by Seattle in the Super Bowl. The, The name... I'm obviously getting my seasons wrong because the one I thought you were about to say who won his only Super Bowl that year and played four playoff games and is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is Aaron Rodgers. And so that's going to be my guess. So so my guess is Rodgers. So we have a Rodgers. We have a Warner. We have an Eli. And what do we have from Brandon? And uh, he's, he's Warner. And we also have a Drew Brees guest from Bubba and from Jack. And the answer is? Eli Manning. Yes! Oh, oh, come oh, I on! I cannot believe it. What the I heck? Sneaky, the sneaky. Eli Manning. Oh, Eli Manning in God. 20 games. This idiot. In 2011, threw for 6,152 yards, the most by any quarterback, including the playoffs and a Super Bowl winning season. Oh, my God. Come on. That's my magnum opus. You know, <laughs> next, next closest is actually someone no one said, which is Matthew Stafford. He threw for oh, 6,074 wow. just two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Boy, that hurts. That's just a kick in the stones. <laughs> I, 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 the, the, the fact that it was Eli Manning is startling to me. I really need to get better at this because when you said Eli Manning, my inclination was to laugh at how, <laughs> yeah, bad, that a lot. At how bad a guess I thought that was. And yet it was right. It was right. It was the right answer. Well done, Cam. Oh, uh, good God. All right, what are the numbers? Uh, Bubba's 8-9. and nine. Eight and nine. I'm eight and ten. You are six and twelve. Brandon's two and eleven. Jack's one and eight. Dominique is zero oh and one. All right, that's pretty bad. By the way, did we ever adjudicate the uh, hashtag with Jack because he got one right finally? It came up yesterday in the notes. Uh, Bubba sends out a show note. You read those every day. I actually do. I don't understand. Like you know the. Um, like, there's, a, there's an express, like, what is your reason for being? I'm not sure I know what the reason for being is for that. Let me explain what this means. <laughs> so, like, at the end of every show, we do this two-hour show sitting in here. Bubba sends out an email sort of encapsulating everything that we did and offering his thoughts on it, mm. which I don't – who's reading? I mean, I guess I read it every now and again because I, <laughs> I – but, like, what is the – what 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 is the express purpose of that? What is its reason for being, Bubba? Do you want to know really badly? I do. I mean, it's not my idea. I, I'm just following directions. I was told to send feedback for the show, so I send feedback for the show. Would you describe it as feedback? Like you just sort of write more of like a blow by blow. No, that's not true. You do write about the things you like, like the <laughs> things we did, the things we did well. Like nice to have Ryan and Rex in yesterday. Like so, you'll you know you'll you'll say that. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think we have a great show. I don't think there's much to you know say we need to do better. If there's something I think we need to really improve on, I'll mention it. But I think day in, day out, we're doing a great show. But here's the thing. If there's something that you think we need to improve on, I hope you'll just say that to me. Like you could text me and say, you know, Greeny, I think we should do this or we should do that. I'm sure. not sure why Trust it has to be me, we're, sent we're in we're a note. I, I'm sensing a, a, a tiff between Bubba and, and middle upper management. Do you sense the same tiff? That's always there. Well, hey, I'm just, I was told to do it. I'm following directions and, you know, that's all That's all I can say about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I was told to do it. I send the feedback. So that's all I'm doing. Uh, anonymously so I'm, told to do it? I'm, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was anonymous. It was, <laughs> Let's um, not cause problems. I, I, I'm cause glad you're pro- reading it, look though. Look at Hembo trying to Hembo's set needling. fires here. He's needling. I, I appreciate that you read it, Greeny, because, I mean, you even, you even replied last week. I, I mentioned Cam was doing a nice job with the rejoins. I, I gave him some credit. And, and I then, replied because he replied. does. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate your, your reading and your See, reply. See, we're all so growing from this great, great feedback that Bubba's feedback getting. having and having a great time. Yesterday so. in the feedback, you said that we haven't taken calls in a while, and I had it scheduled in today's show to take calls. And then what happened was our first segment ran much longer than usual because I, you know, we were into some heavy stuff and I wanted to live there. And then we got sidetracked with a note that I hadn't expected on the rating for the AFC championship game. And I liked that conversation. Then of course, Hembo's got to bring up like the bread bowls and the, and the barbecue. And if we're going to have that, then we can't possibly miss it. Speaking of show feedback, we also do this for get up. We do this. We do the, the, There is a, there is a lengthy feedback note that comes out every single day after get up. So I'm looking at, at, Allie Havens, our CP, uh, her email from today, Bubba, which measures uh, 1,969 words. That's a lot of words. Will you read that note, too? It's 2,000 words. I read it every day. 2,000 words. Yes. I, I, re- I read, listen, I don't know what you guys think. I, 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 pay a te- I take some pride in what we're doing I'll be honest here. with you. Most people your age aren't well, that good with email. Well, two things. <laughs> one, Liam has arrived in the studio. And two, I, the one thing I say with the feedback that Allie and them send, they send it the second the show ends when yeah. get up. So I don't know what they're doing. I, I mean, again, I don't know what the, their setup is during the show. And I, I, I don't, I don't have know. have a much larger staff yeah, exactly. on So, I mean, it seems like, like... The voices that you hear for the audience, the voices you hear talking right now are literally the only people <laughs> working on this show right now. So if we needed, like, for example, Cam to, ru- to write the feedback... That would be fine, except there would be no one running the board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, why is Liam in the room? Well, I he, sent oh, one of the, the mandates is, of the mandators. Liam, the you, you were the one who demanded the feedback note? Mm. Of course not. I'm just doing what I was told, and Bob is doing what he was told. But, uh, <laughs> well, we miss you, though, Liam, and the audience is happy to hear from you. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? And I'm doing okay. So the feedback note, here's the question. So you were told to tell Bubba to send out feedback, and so you did, and he does. Do you read it? Oh, yes, every day. Because well, then I, I need to know what I'm writing on Fridays when I reply for the week. <laughs> Do you oh. think this is coming from Iger? <laughs> no, it, no it, co- it, it came from Mickey. No, you, you <laughs> even have, higher up. You, yes. you, have, you, you have no idea how to play this game, Hembo. I'm just telling you right now, no. no. I'm not good at game playing. No, no that's, this is, there's a whole game being played here, and you're not playing That's why well. I came in, to help him. He's, he's, he's trying to drive a wedge, and it's like, no, man, play along. No, I'm, not, I'm not driving any wedge. I'm just trying to get some clarification We're here. all doing well here. This, there are certain things that go on that you're not supposed to know about in life, and you're supposed to just pretend they don't happen. There's things going on behind the scenes that you don't, you know, don't about. know about. Yeah. <laughs> FBNOC. Right. Feel bad, not our call. <laughs> we can tell that story now. What the hell? No names. Well, we used to have a policy. So at, the, at a time when Mike and Mike was as big a show, I, I guess, as you could be, everyone wanted to be on our show all the time. And, you know, there were times we didn't want to put someone on the show. 
And so we would always just blame some faceless, nameless, nebulous management as saying, we can't have you on. And Liam, I think, coined the phrase, feel bad, not our call. <laughs> F-B-N-O-C. And that became a... I mean that was a that was a behind the scenes right that was a classic. Oh, it was the best. I mean, we, it was the, there's we had one, it hanging up in the, in the break room. There was one day that I'm getting accosted by this person's like handler. Like, why is he not on the show anymore? And you hold up a sign behind it, and I had to laugh. FBNOC. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.